Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. Purpose and calling are topics that are often highly emphasized in the church world. In today's episode, we'll talk about this topic from different angles and hopefully encourage you to connect with your purpose right where you're at today. To learn more about us and our ministry, visit us at www.givinglight.org. Without further delay, let's jump right into it. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And today we're going to talk about personal purpose. And the fact is that if you have breath in your lungs, you have a purpose here on this earth. Um, And so we want to talk about some aspects of personal purpose. And I know for me personally, um, I I kind of can get a little bit frustrated at times with the emphasis that's put on purpose and calling and and destiny and all of those things. So I'm, I'm really excited about this conversation and interested to see where it goes. So, Dr. Melody, you've been working with people in corporate America and in ministry and uh, on forming personal purpose statements and helping people to to discover that. Can you talk about um, why that's important to you? Well, in Ephesians 1, 4, one of my most favorite scriptures, it says that God chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and without blame before him in love. So it was, he chose us to have this amazing relationship with him. And then he said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know the hope of your calling Mm -hmm. and the riches of your inheritance in the saints. So God chose us and he has this amazing inheritance for us. He has an amazing calling, an amazing purpose for us. And for us to partner with him to establish the kingdom of God upon the earth through our lives, whether it's in ministry, marketplace, as a parent, whatever it might be. So God wants us. And in fact, it says David purposed to fulfill his purpose in his generation. Jesus, for this purpose, was the son of God manifested to destroy the works of the enemy. So purpose is very important. I just don't think when we when we talk about discovering personal purpose, that it can't be all about us and what I want for me, but recognizing there's a uniqueness inside of me Mm -hmm. because God has called me with a unique purpose to be released upon the earth. And I won't be like another individual. I will be like who he created me to be. And so I like this topic because I want people to find who God created them to be and be comfortable in their own skin Mm -hmm. so that they can be free. And we get rid of comparison. We get rid of all the things that they have to look like somebody else, act like somebody else, talk like somebody else, think like somebody else, but no, really hear the voice of God and respond to him in those things. So I think it's important because I know when purpose is found, when I really see uh, what I carry, uh, it releases like a sense of acceptance. Like I am significantly important, Mm -hmm. not separate from God because without him, I can do nothing, but there's this place of acceptance, uh, even just for myself, that I don't have to be a clone of somebody else. It gives me a sense of worth knowing that I hold value. Um, It gives me courage. Uh, Guess what? If I am being faithful to God and I have the courage to just step out and do it, you know, Ultimately, the responsibility for its fulfillment is in God's hands. So I have I have courage for those things when I know I'm doing what God's called me to do. Uh, I'm much more optimistic. So I'm not trying uh, 
to please somebody else, walking in the fear of man, but know there's an optimism to my life because I know I'm doing what God's called me to do. Mm-hmm. And um, it gives me purpose. It gives me uh, uh, an ability to trust myself, yeah. knowing that if God says it, uh, I'm... Uh, Kenneth Hagin years ago, uh, he said, if God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. (laughs) And so when God has revealed to me what he put inside of me, the riches of my inheritance, when I know what that is, uh, and I know I'm a work in progress, there's a lot I don't yet know, but when I have that, it just settles it inside of me. I don't have to compare myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And and I love what you were saying, how God reveals these things, because it's it's true that He's put a unique um, DNA inside of each one mm-hmm. of us, and that's going to look really different in our contributions to the world. And and when we're able to step into those contributions, we will feel um, personal fulfillment. Um, but I think the the area of frustration that can come in for me is where purpose becomes very me focused, yeah. and I don't think it was ever meant to be. I think um, it is hearing and obeying the voice of God, as you as you said, and and so. Um, when God reveals our purpose, it's so satisfying and so fulfilling for us, but it's actually also just as much, if not even more for others, it's for the world. And so the example I often use is Sarah in the Bible. She had a desire to have a son and she couldn't conceive. And so when God spoke to her that she was going to be a mother, and when she eventually held that baby Isaac in her arms, that was a fulfillment of purpose for Sarah. But she was also called to be the mother of all nations. So it was, yes, fulfilling for her, but it was even much more so fulfilling for the world because our personal purpose is, yes, for us, but it's also just as much not for us and that it is our unique contribution to the world. So it's really important to stay connected with him in this and not trying to find it on our own. And I know, Joel, you were talking beforehand about how um, this so goes to our connection with his presence. Do you just want to share a little bit on that? Well, actually, I was thinking of some other things, so maybe we can get, Uh, get to that a little bit later. I was thinking about a lot of times we read the New Testament in a very personal way where a lot of the New Testament is written to a group of people. Yeah. yeah. And where uh, Jesus even says, you are the light of the world. He was talking to a group of people, but then he goes on to say a city. Mm-hmm. What is a city? A group of people. Yeah. <laughs> a city on a hill cannot be hidden. So I think it's important to understand that your personal purpose is intertwined oh, mm-hmm. so good. with a sense of community yes. in a sense of a group. Yeah. So it's not just like I yes, you have personal giftings, you yeah. have anointings, you have callings, you have uniqueness that is for the benefit of all. Oh, yeah. And when we partner with all, then then we can be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, but a lot of people just interpret it, oh, I'm going <laughs> to be uh uh, the thing that can't be hidden. I'm yeah. going to be the one that's going to be looked at. I'm going to be the star. I'm going to be the fame. You know, like, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but 20, 30, 40 years ago, I didn't know. Maybe there were, there weren't as many stars in the church, but it seems like there's a, a huge push yeah. in this season where, you know, you can, you can become famous or you can become a star in the church realm. But I believe those personal purpose and giftings are to connect or intertwine with those around us. And then we can actually impact our world that way. Yeah. Not just, you know, um, 
gain us notoriety or uh, um, fame or whatever it may be. Yeah. We together will always do so much more than any of us can do alone. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a purpose, but our purpose is to be connected to other people's purposes. And that really is life exchange. That's really what we're about. And and really everything God gives us, every gift He gives us ultimately is to give away. If there's something inside of me that's good, it is my opportunity, as you said, Katie, to give it to my world. So if I've got something... I have a responsibility in relationship with you guys to give it to you. Mm -hmm. And what you carry, you give to me. And so in that exchange of life, it allows the kingdom of God to be advanced. And it's not because anybody's a superstar, but together we shine. That was so good, Joel. And and the Holy Spirit gives giftings at His own discretion. So meaning... He puts us in a predicament where we have to need each other. And that's why if we use our gifts for our own profit, it's really a perversion of the gift. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because the gifts are given to us for the profit of all. all. Yeah. Yeah. It was never meant to be just self-serving. And a lot of times I think in our hunt for our purpose, we look for something that feels good to us. And I think it's a hard pill to swallow when we realize that our purpose um, is a lot of times not in our comfort zone. <laughs> it's it's in obedience to Him. And and when we step into it, that's when the grace begins to rise and and we have the grace to walk that out. But if we if we go at it from an angle of what makes me feel personally fulfilled on my own, mm-hmm. I think we're going to be uh, running blindly and, and chasing things and, and not finding them becoming frustrated because it was never meant to be all about us. Now, hopefully you will, um, as you step into your purpose, that grace is going to be there and you will find enjoyment enjoyment in it. Um, but ultimately, it is for the benefit of all. It's not just about serving us. And so I think if we can come at it, at, at discovering our personal purpose as what has God called me to uh, in, a, in a way of service instead of what's going to make me feel good, I think we're going to find it um, and, and be a lot more productive much more quickly. My thinking is our personal purpose is rooted and founded in our relationship with Christ. Yeah. And so it would be a, a terrifying thing to get the things that you thought that you wanted and you got them and it doesn't yeah. meet what you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so my my encouragement is to to be firmly rooted in your value. And and I think a lot of times we'll we'll take these giftings or the things that we have to offer the world and what we're really looking for is validation. Yeah. yeah. Please like me. Please mm-hmm. validate who I am. But if we go from that standpoint, it, it's kind of where our foundation is really shaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our foundation has to be really rooted in God's heart for us, uh, being rooted in His love for us, and and knowing our identity in Him. And then from that place, then those giftings can be a true gifting to those around us. Uh, but I, I, f- I find like a lot of times uh, when we talk about personal purpose and stuff like that, a lot of it is like, please validate yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just think that's a faulty foundation. And I think there's a reason some of those things, the pendulum swung so far in that oh, direction. Oh, yeah, because years ago it was like... Uh, 
even though you're in Christ, you're still a dirty dog. Yeah, yeah you know, you're, you're just you're a worm. You're yeah. the sinner. This, you yeah, know? you're horrible. And and so I think in some ways the pendulum has swung so far. But like, if you look at church history, you see that the that does happen. Yeah. There's yeah. a swing, and then there's a swing the opposite, and then eventually it it, it balances out. I, I like. I like using this word as well as purpose is discovering my reason for being. Mm -hmm. And so when we can discover our reason for being and recognizing that God put that on the inside of me, and it it's this little part of the Father, little part of the Son, little part of the Holy Spirit that's manifested through Melody in a unique way. And that being manifested through Katie in a unique way, it's like... Her expression is God's expression through her. And when we recognize that it came from our creator and we partner with our creator to release that right now at present time in this place, then that is so important because that gives us the courage because we recognize we haven't drummed this up, Mm -hmm. that it's something he woven into our DNA, you know, when we were conceived in our mother's womb and that he put that inside of me. And I believe a lot of times, you know, why you can have, Katie, you have four sisters. So Mm -hmm. you can have all five growing up in the exact same home, the exact same parents, the almost the exact same lifestyle. You were all homeschooled. It was all kind of like the same world, but you're all completely different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how does that work? It works because God chose a unique plan and a purpose, a a unique reason for being for each one. And you never grew up thinking, I want to be a pastor or I want to be a prophet. That was never even in your thoughts. But as you began to, you know, know the heart of the Father and and have relationship with Him, He began to reveal what He placed inside of you. And now you have a greater clarity of your reason for being. And then there's a security because you just be who He created you to be. You don't have to strive. You know you haven't arrived. It's a we're all work in progress. But to have an awareness of some areas that are uniquely who God created you to be. And, you know, some of those things, maybe your parents or your siblings or your aunts or your uncles or neighbors, so why is Katie like that? <laughs> you can look back and say, wow, God put that there. Yeah. And I look back and I experienced some things in my life. Why? did I move in a certain direction? It's because God, even in the midst of every strategy of hell against me, the Spirit of God led and orchestrated my life even before I knew Him. He orchestrated my life ultimately because of what He put inside of me so one day His voice through me could be released. And when you know that, you know you are so radically loved. Yeah. He chose me in him. Yeah. And and it's like so uniquely, you heard years ago, people would say it all the time, you know, if you were the only one, Jesus would have died for you. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, mm-hmm. and we know that his love for us is so great. And he loves us all so much. And one of my passions is I look at people and I try to see past certain things to see the gift of God inside of them. Because yeah. if they could find it, their life would be fulfilled. Yeah. Because really what fulfills you isn't what you get, it's what you give. Right, yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it's so powerful when we know our identity is rooted in him. So, so if I know that I'm accepted in the beloved because he said that I am, that I'm not pursuing my purpose to be accepted because I already know that I'm accepted. Exactly. I'm pursuing my purpose because he's put a unique purpose inside of me and I want to do what he's put in the inside of me. So I'm not searching for that identity. I'm searching um, to be an expression of the amazing thing that he's put on the inside of me, that he's put on the inside of you. Uh, each of us have that that unique expression. So uh, it's just really important. We're not doing this for identity. We're doing it from identity. Yeah, we're not working for love. Yeah. We're working from love. Yeah. You know, we, we're not uh, working to get valued. We are valued, so we work from yeah. that. We serve from that. It's, it's a completely different way of yeah. thinking and functioning and living. Yeah. Yeah, I think this conversation, I know for for me is is about yes i do believe that knowing your purpose is important knowing mm-hmm. your value is important knowing who you are in christ is important but i i feel like sometimes like we said before the pendulum has swung so far the other way that um it it's really perverting that thought or perverting yeah. what it means to have personal purpose and stuff like that so yeah i like the kingdom exists for me (laughs) rather than me serving the advancement of the kingdom. Yeah, I know in the world, it's like so much much value is given to overachievers, Mm -hmm. and I don't see much difference in the church. Yeah, Mm. yeah. And and that's awesome if you're doing great things, but I, I, I think of my grandma. You know, she didn't have a ministry at all. She didn't... She didn't, um, you know, get on TV. She didn't, <laughs> quote unquote, overachieve. But that woman has led so many people to the Lord, yeah. prayed for her family, loved deeply. And I would say God honors that and God values that. Yeah. And so I think we can get a little wonky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just overemphasizing overachievers and even Jesus says you could do nothing yeah. apart from me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't mean you won't do anything because people do things apart from him all the time in the church. Yeah. They do it all the time and they they make systems and they make uh, strategies and they make uh, build sales it. and marketing. Yeah. yeah that's a big, you yeah. can make a lot and, of money in sales and marketing now. And they might have a lot of like natural success, but but Jesus says it's nothing. And and yeah. what does that mean? It doesn't mean you didn't do anything. It means that there is no eternal value yeah. to it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is, should be terrifying to yeah. some people. Yeah. Even myself including. What 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 am I doing? Is it just to meet my personal need in that moment? Well, then I got the reward of it. Yeah. But what do I want? I want eternal value. Right. Yeah. Not just, you know, no people knowing my name or mm-hmm or uh, filling stadiums or this or that. And and like I said, that's not much different than the world. Right. Yeah. The world values those overachievers, mm-hmm. you know. And those platforms are awesome yeah, if God not, gives them. Exactly. You know? yeah, but not, if that's my goal and that's my objective, to have that to somehow 
see my value, see my worth. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the comparison thing we Mm -hmm. talk about a lot is to compare yourself one with another is just not wise. Mm -hmm. My thing is I want to discover who God has called me to be and what he's called me to to do and be faithful to that. And like right now, talk about grandma, you know, I become her caregiver. Mm -hmm. And uh, to one who's always wanting to do, move, shake, (laughs) you know, progress, Mm -hmm. travel, all those things, you know, I'm kind of at home a lot, which is a challenge for my soul. But at the same time, I know that I know I'm honoring God. I know this is what he wants me to do. Yeah. And that is my, that's my steady, that's my foundation. And so I continue to do everything else that I know I'm called to do. But the fact is, I know I'm pleasing God. And that, that's success. Yeah. That, that is honoring our God. It's not just about, oh, I'm honoring my mom. I know I'm honoring God yeah. by honoring my mom. Well, I can really make personal purpose really simple. Hear and obey. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's how you build the kingdom, right? Yeah. Hear and obey. Where is he leading? What is he doing? What are his thoughts? Yeah. And align and aligning our hearts to it. That mm-hmm. that's what personal purpose is to me. And I just but I like making something a little bit more tangible so a person can see what they carry because in a world of comparison, in a world where fame is a big deal and you're not one that has that fame, you feel less than, you feel like you might not be good enough. What do I carry? I can't preach like Joe. I can't preach like Katie. I can't do this. I can't do that. So I'm not good enough. It's so important for people to see what God has put inside of them so that they can be faithful to him in that because the enemy wants to blind us so we can't see it. He he wants, because he, if we can't see it, we will never release it. So when you're dealing with someone's personal purpose, you're really confronting lies. Yeah, especially if things are hidden. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I ask them questions to discover what they carry that they might not recognize yeah. they carry. They might function in this amazing skill and they just saying, oh, that's something I learned <laughs> without recognizing that they have an innate ability yeah. to do that. And I think sometimes we think that in order to find our purpose, we have to have it all wrapped up in a neat little package and know what it's going to look like. We have to have the career path or Mm -hmm. I have to throw my entire life into this thing in order to be fulfilling my purpose. And I think that's really um, detrimental sometimes Mm -hmm. because um, really, what are you doing now? And I think one thing I heard one time is that um, our purpose and our profession are not always the same. Because I think a lot of times we have this in our mind that if it's not our profession, if it's not our full-time gig, then we're not walking in our purpose. And I think mm. that's really, really faulty thinking that um, that can really mess us up because you might be doing a job, your career um, might really not be the thing that lights you on fire, you know, purpose-wise. Um, but what it, maybe the, maybe coaching your kid's soccer games is is really the thing that ignites in you. So then you can begin to ask, okay, what is it about doing this that makes me come alive? And then start recognizing that aspect and say, okay, so what I'm doing for work may never 
fully align with that. But what are the aspects of that purpose that I can begin to pull into what I'm doing? Because I think sometimes we can become really discontented with our nine to five with what we're spending the bulk of our time doing because it doesn't match our purpose. And so then we're just never happy at our job. And I think what a what a sadness to live your life like that when instead you can begin to recognize those things that are purpose for you and then look and say, okay, this is my job. How can I begin to ignite those aspects of purpose in what I'm doing now, even if it doesn't feel like all the time, like the full thing is my purpose. The, the reality is your purpose is your purpose no matter where you go. Exactly. And so you've got to be, be able to begin to see those things so that you can pull them in and celebrate them in every aspect of your life. I didn't realize I was doing this subconsciously, but, you know, I, I have a real clarity on my purpose. And I, I also, well, I teach this all the time, that purpose is progressive. Yeah. And it has to be very flexible. So you have to know what God's called you to do at at the different moments of your life. But God put inside of me, I'm a teacher, I'm a trainer. I mean, ask Joel sitting right over there, you know, when he was a little kid, you know, I wasn't this, you know, I was a huggy kissy mom because I'm a huggy kissy person. But that boy was trained. My daughter was trained. I wasn't like, oh, he did this, but that's okay. I wasn't like this mushy gushy mom that my kids could wrap around their little finger. You know, I was like, no, it's about training. So if we played a game, there was a purpose in mind. You know, whatever we were doing, I was teaching them and training them and and uh, I just wanted them uh, to be a person who was going to impact the world for good. And that was back in me before I, you know, I was just a young one. And But it was always there. And I yeah. looked throughout my life and I can see the decisions I made had this golden thread woven through my life in that everything I did was to make a difference. Yeah. Really, now I have my words. I have better words to form it. Justice, using my power for the good of others, the validation of all of humanity. You know, those things are are a real passion for me, leadership and and how I lead and what I model and that type of thing. And that's what I did with my kids when they were growing up. You know, they're two years old and I'm training them, you know. I remember Rebecca, she was like six months old and uh, she would have a, a toy and she was just... Just learning to sit up, and I'd take it from her. And if she'd go to cry, I go, no, no, no. So I was training her not to be selfish, and I, I was like extreme, you know. So here she was, six months old, and and so she knew. And then, like, I would take like a bowl of ice cream with my kids, and I'd get a spoon and give Joel a bite, and then I'd give Rebecca a bite, and then I would take a bite, and they had to learn to be patient, waiting for their turn. I did the craziest things as a mom. But now I look back and I recognize this trainer inside of me. And so, you know, God put that inside of me. And and so I still do it. And even as we're doing these podcasts, I would like to get in this big training (laughs) mode. You know, you guys got to keep me under control because I want to give line upon line. I want to teach. I want to train. I want to equip. I want to empower. And, um, uh, but I, 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 I love that part of me, but it took me, I used to feel guilty thinking I was a terrible mother or a terrible this because I wasn't like Susie down right. the street with her kids. And now I've learned that God put that inside of me for a purpose. Yeah. And so Joel's been in ministry school since birth. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have, yes. <laughs> yeah. So they say, how long have you been in ministry? He doesn't say 20 years. He says 40. You know? <laughs> it's true. So hey, if it, you've ever been a pastor's kid, you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you had, you know, a training mom, you know, she wasn't Miss Merciful. But <laughs> so how how beautiful is that that you have had that trainer aspect in you forever and it's come out in every aspect of your life. And you you didn't realize back then that that was part of your purpose. No. You were just being you. And so so for you, um, you know, maybe you are a person who people just say, man, when I'm around you, it just, you make me feel like an important person. Like that is something that God has put in the inside of you. And it might have, you might be a mechanic, you might be a receptionist, that might have really nothing to do with the way that you spend most of your time. You're not a motivational speaker by career, but it is part of your purpose to make people feel important. And so everywhere you go, you're going to carry that. And so yep. when when you can start to just look and see, okay, what are the what are the compliments that people give me? What do people say that I'm good at? Mm-hmm. Um what for you, what do you feel like you are good at? I love um what what God said to Moses. He said, "What is in your hands? What mm-hmm. is the thing that you have that you are good at?" Um and for Moses it was a shepherd's rod. He was a shepherd, so God used that. Um and so sometimes it's like we where we try to look and see what is this thing that I am so so proficient at and God's just saying, "What's the thing that you have? What's yeah. the thing that's in your hand? Use that." What do you do that stirs creativity on the inside yeah. of you, or it motivates you, and, and you you love to research it? You know, if you're going to Google something, this is what you Google to yeah. learn about, or whatever. You know, those are things God has put on the inside of you, yeah. and. Uh, you look and say, what do I do that I just love to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, even, I think it's important to say, what skills do I have? What abilities right. do I have that really come natural to me? And yes, we we want to hone them. But the fact is, as hard as I would work at it, mm-hmm. I would never lead worship. Mm-hmm. I have no skills whatsoever. So a part of my purpose is not I, I'm a worshiper and I love to worship, but to lead worship or play an instrument or sing, you don't want me to do that. And so, uh, but Joel, like he taught himself guitar. See, it was like an inside of him, there was this motivation yeah. to play an instrument and to do those things. God put that on the inside of him. And so I think we have to look and say, not just what have I developed, but what do I naturally do? What what was there? I love looking at little kids because when I watch real little kids, I can see purpose. I can see the gift that they carry. Even some of the negative yeah. things I they do, I go, that's really not negative. And one thing we we did in the church world is we would take a child and if you know, they were very vocal or they were very opinionated or they were very focused on accomplishing something. And so you interrupted them and they threw a fit or they get or whatever. You're saying that is negative when actually you have this intuitive visionary or this builder kid that is going to get something done, you know? And, And so if you can see that instead of saying you're rebelling and, you know, get out the paddle and give them a few swats, you know, we have to determine, is it rebellion or is it an aspect of their purpose that we just have to 
train. Yeah. You know, I think that's so important because we'll see it in kids if we're looking for it. Well, that's one thing that really helped me as a parent is understanding personal purpose and understanding that each each and every child is different and and really validating their differences. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, uh, you know, one of my children is is more of an aggressive personality and not trying to stifle that, but trying to direct it in a healthy way. And I think in the long run, that's going to produce great fruit because I'm not trying to make him into something that he's not. Correct. But I'm also offering wisdom to a eight or nine year old, and I child. love that because I really I love <laughs> your youngest son because I like I see aspects of myself, and when I was little, I remember thinking that that I was rebellious and I, that I was stubborn. And then as I, so I always thought that that was a negative in me. And as I grew up and learned that that was actually determination, that was actually a resolve in me that is a positive thing, um, then I finally began to embrace it. But I see you and what you're doing with him is recognizing those things. And and he, when I see him be really determined, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, he is embracing this now because it's being recognized and celebrated in him rather than him seeing it as a negative like I did. He's owning it, which I think is is really awesome. And you're able to tell pretty easily whether it's a rebellion or him just being, you know, functioning in the gift God's put inside of him. Yeah. Because it's an attitude thing. It's not an action thing. One thing that I try to do, I don't know if I'm always successful in it, is I, I try to always correct attitude and not action. Mm. Yeah. Because sometimes... When you're young, you do dumb things. So sometimes it's a wrong action, but it's a right heart. Mm. And so I always look and say, is this an attitude that needs to be addressed or is this just a learning experience for them? Wow, you could do that with almost every age person, couldn't you? Yeah. yeah, if they, if <laughs> they allowed really, you, I mean, yeah. when you're the parent of them, I mean, they're kind of forced into it yeah. because you supply them with clothes and food and shelter <laughs> and uh, keep them alive. Yeah, that's really, and it's Pay me what you were things. sharing, Katie, too, because really it wasn't until you started working full time at the church that you realized this amazing gift you carried wasn't rebellion when you were a kid, right. but this was in, and it liberated you. Yeah. That really until what was eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever it was, it was like there was a revelation that came, oh my gosh, this is a gift inside of me. This is not a bad thing about me. And when you recognize that, then you were free to release it and boy, what you can produce. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in that, when we're talking about personal purpose, yes, look at the things that you're good at, look at the things that come natural to you. But like sometimes we can look at the things that we think are flaws and they just need to be redirected Mm -hmm. in a different way. So elements of our purpose are really going to be found in all different aspects of our life. And it's progressive. We're going to keep discovering these things, I believe, throughout eternity. Uh, That's I really want to talk about one thing when it comes to purpose uh, before we close and I never get it in. But a lot of times we look at anger anger in a negative way. Yeah. And uh and ang- you but the Bible says be angry but do not sin. And so one thing I've learned is that we can discover our passion or our purpose uh by looking at what makes us angry. Mm-hmm. Cuz 
we get angry for three reasons. Number one, when we feel like we're being shamed. Yeah. Makes us angry. If our needs are not being met, that, that can make us feel angry. But this is the one I want to talk about. We can feel anger when our convictions are being violated. Yeah. So what happened when I was young, uh, the abuse I went through, you know, what happened? Anytime I saw someone being abused, it made me angry, mm-hmm. right? Way back as a child, I was shamed. I was devalued. I went through things, and I don't even know if I got angry then. I don't remember uh, that much. But as I got older, what made me anger- angry was injustice. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just so I would be angry and hate men and do all the crazy ways I acted out that anger. But when when I came to the Lord, that anger was still there. And I thought I was sinning because I was angry. Yeah. And the Lord began to reveal to me, no, you're angry at sin. Yeah. You're angry at what is devaluing or destructive to a person. And when you have an anger towards something, it's because you carry a solution for it. Yeah. It's not just about being emotionally anger, angry so I can spew. No, it's that feeling of anger so I'm motivated to action to do what's right in that situation. So it's motivating me to contribute. It's motivating me to give. It's motivating me to love. It's motivating me to reach out. And so, um, well, my goodness, if I walked into church and someone came up and they're in your face, believe me, I would (laughs) intervene. That would make me angry if somebody was devaluing you. I would step in. I would not be out of control, but I would step in. I would speak truth. I would stop that thing. Uh, But I would feel angry because it is wrong. Yeah. I mean, you just read the Bible. There are things that God gets angry at. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, one one of the things I love to say is you you'll know who someone is by what they love and by what they hate. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. uh, when I can love what is good and hate what is evil and have anger towards what is evil, it's going to be in the areas that God has put the solutions inside of me. Yeah. That He's requiring of me a kingdom response in that situation. Yeah. And so that's a part of my purpose yeah. is, is recognizing the things that trigger that anger, not because of woundedness. God has done so much healing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's not, you know, an anger that comes from woundedness, but it's an anger that comes from what is wrong. And do I have the ability to address it in a righteous way? Right. And if I do... That is the anger. That is the symbol to say, okay, Melody, how are you going to respond to this? And when I respond to that with kingdom uh, principles and with the heart of the Father, then I truly become a solution in that situation. Yeah. So knowing your personal purpose obviously brings understanding to your life because where you were talking about anger, you had an understanding of why you felt what you felt. Mm -hmm. So knowing your personal purpose is... It, it helps you live life better. Yes. It helps you uh, become more fulfilled, right? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of benefits of it. So it's not just about what you can accomplish right. exactly. per se. It's about just living your life well. And I also think of it's so important to know your personal purpose in the aspect of if in in a sense, if God created you to be a vacuum cleaner, but you're trying to mow the, <laughs> lo- trying to mow the lawn with it. Yeah. 
with, there you go. You're not going to be happy. You're going right. to be frustrated. You're not going to feel it's like not gonna you're, <laughs> you're not going to accomplish things. Uh, you're not, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a frustrating situation. So knowing why you were created is important just on a basic level of living life well. Yeah. It's almost like an internal GPS. Okay. Yeah. That if I make a wrong turn, it's, uh, the Holy Spirit saying, no, 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 that's not the way you're to go. This is the way you're supposed to go. Or let's say I'm at a big conference and there's all these big name people and they all get up and they speak these amazing messages and it's so powerful and everything inside of me uh, wants to do as good as them or whatever. <laughs> no, 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 that's a wrong turn. You just be you. Yeah. You be who I've called you to be. You know, and I'm going to give you grace. We only have grace to be who God's called us to be. We don't have the grace to be somebody else. And so if you don't know that, there would be a lot of fear and frustration in your life all the time. That's exactly right. And once we know our unique purpose, we can't compromise it. So guess what? If a part of my life is to be an instrument of justice, if that's, and I know I'm telling you my purpose, (laughs) I am called to be a leader that is an instrument of justice. Meaning as a leader, I want to use my power for the good of others. So guess what? If I go to do something that's unjust, I could not live with me. Because everything inside of me is to use my power for good. And if I go and use my leadership platform to benefit myself at the expense of somebody else, I couldn't live with Melody. You know, I just couldn't do it because I know so well what God has placed inside of me. I can't violate who he's created. How can I violate an expression of who God is in the midst of me? Yeah, And that's conviction. Conviction comes from me knowing the truth about me and I cannot violate it. It comes from when I know the truth about God and I can't violate who he is through my life. The same with validation that I'm driven uh, to stop devaluation in our world, in the marketplace as well as ministry. We've got to create a culture of validation. And so if I would do anything that would devalue somebody, then guess what? I'm going to start dealing with Melody. I cannot compromise who God has called me to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So so in our personal purpose, all these things that we've been talking about are so great. Um, hopefully that you're, you're, some things are sticking out to you, coming alive in you, and, and you're going to begin to recognize some of those aspects of purpose that um, maybe you hadn't recognized before. Um, so, so can we just kind of wrap up? Well, what are some practical ways? I know we've just said a lot. Well, I do have a question in yeah. that. Um, I know when, when you talk about personal purpose, that's an easy a conversation when you're talking with leaders because they kind of get it. <laughs> you know, they're they're out, you know, leading people, they're out building businesses, they're yeah. out doing things. But how would you encourage someone to know and understand their personal purpose when they're just trying to survive or they're just trying to live life or they're just they're they're taking their kids to soccer practice or, you know, like I said, this conversation is is easily accepted in the the ministry the the leadership realm but what about yeah i know last time i i preached on purpose in church i struggled in preparation because i was like i wanted to talk to them as like world changer leaders <laughs> but i was thinking some of them 
just trying to make it week to week. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I guess my question is, you know, how how can you encourage someone? I guess you're talking to a leader, but maybe someone that's listening and they're just like, man, I just need to get through the week. How how what are some ways that they can uh, work on or have their purpose revealed? Just trying to make it. Well, I have like three areas that I think you can just begin to think about. Number one, what are your skills? What are you good at without trying? It Mm. might be cooking. It might be, you know, I have one friend, she cleans houses like she's good at it and she actually likes it. That has to be God. (laughs) And uh, so she does that. But what she does is she cleans and she'll go into somebody's house and she impacts the person through this great gift that she loves to do. And she does it very, very well. So every person has gifts and talents and abilities. There's areas of creativity that are on the inside of you. So think about what you love to do. And you'll find a lot of things you love to do. And when you think about, say, how, okay, how does that shape what I do in my life? Mm-hmm. What, what, what type of skill is that that I could take and bless somebody else with? So, so look at your skills. Second, look at your passions. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the things that ignite you. Things I said earlier, like what you want to research, what you want to learn about, uh, the things that make you laugh, the things that make you cry, the things that make you angry. Those those things that stir uh, emotion on the inside of you, positive or negative. Say, why am I reacting this way over that? Or why do I get so excited about <laughs> this? Why do I have so much fun doing this? And, and look at those things that really stir that passion inside of you. Because honestly, your passion supersedes everything else. We Mm. do what we're passionate about. If if the worst thing in the world for you is doing laundry, you might have a propensity to procrastinate (laughs) on getting your laundry done, you know? But if, uh, if you have a passion for like order, man, you'd have to get the laundry done because you can't handle dirty clothes sitting in the laundry basket or whatever, you know, little things like that, you can begin to discover what you carry. And then the last thing, so one is my skills, my abilities, the next, my Next is my passions, the things that ignite me and and thrill me or make me angry. Um, And then the last one is, who am I drawn to? Mm -hmm. And all I know is forever... I've been drawn to young people. When I was a young people, I was <laughs> drawn to young people. I remember I was leading a youth group and I was like two years older than them, you know? And and uh, so I was, uh, I was always wanting to invest, teach, train, I said earlier, but invest into the young. There was something, if I could touch a child or if I could touch a baby, if I could touch, you know, anyone when they're young, we could plant in them things, teach them and train them in things that would affect them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, You know, they're not going to have to go through all the things I went through. They're not going to have to, we can make that. And so like in our nursery, 
Mm-hmm. We don't babysit in our nursery. We teach them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact, the words years ago were, we're teaching those babies the uncompromised word of God. And, and they're taught the whole time they're in there. They're invested into or worshiping their, whether they're two weeks old or two months old or two years old, that you know we invest into them. And Katie, you were one of the babies in our nursery. I was. You were. And so, you know, from the time, because... and. I didn't know. It was just a passion of my heart. Now I have science to back it up that four months in utero, a baby begins to develop the neural networking from the outside world. So my goodness, if a baby can begin to learn and build memory at four months old in utero... Why in the world are we not investing into them as babies? See, I'm talking, see, I'm talking passion (laughs) and I want to teach and train in the process. So Melody's coming out. And so um, that is like what target group? It was babies and children and youth. And I guess as I get older, it's just all of humanity. Mm -hmm. And at different times in my life, I focus solely on developing that for babies and then solely, you know, the children and and all those different things. I just made so much investment in youth. And I remember I was like 40, 50 years old saying, I'm too old to work with the youth. And I learned you never get too old to love and value and invest into anyone. And so that my target group is to invest into those young ones because I know it can impact the rest of their life. And I didn't do any of that consciously. Now I look back and see why, because, uh, I, I had these target groups. So you look in your life and say, who am I drawn to? Are you drawn to children? Are you drawn you know, to the elderly? Or are you drawn to those in a hospital? Are you drawn, you know, who are you drawn to? Who do you love to invest into? Who do you want to serve? Who, uh, you know, just, just think about who is in need of the passion you possess. And when you start giving to those in need, it'll start building and developing your skills, but also igniting your passion. And you'll step by step begin to discover more who God's created you to be. And the older you get, I, I say this all the time, there's this golden thread woven through the tapestry of your life that started in the hands of the Father. Yeah. There's the signature of the divine. And so the as I grow older and older and older, I see that golden thread. And so if someone can catch a hold of that golden thread of purpose, they'll begin to be able to follow heaven's GPS for their yeah. life and begin to walk that out and develop it more and more. So the goal is to know what God has for you, what he's placed with inside of you, discovering who you are in Christ. That's really the goal, because I know we were talking earlier uh, before we started recording about how, like, a lot of times when you hear a preacher, if they're an evangelist, (laughs) you think, according to them, if you're not evangelizing 100% of the time, then you're not fulfilling the call of God on your life. Or if you listen to someone that has a pastoral anointing or someone that deals with finances or whatever, whatever their passion is, they believe that you should have that passion. I think that there is some element of truth that we can learn from these things. And hey, I think as Christians, we should all be willing to evangelize and, and share the truth that we have and share the love of God. But we're not going to have the same passion yeah. as that evangelist up there on stage. And, yeah. You know, so 
It, everyone preaches through their purpose, through their passion. And so and I so get everybody up, should have that. That's right. And just a few minutes ago, I was I could have gotten on on the whole we'll have to do a whole podcast just on babies. And uh, but uh, I've got on that and see what happens when you have a passion. You want to influence everyone to embrace this amazing purpose, this amazing ability. And so what happens in the body of Christ or in the world, yeah. we think everyone should think like us. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like you said, if it's an evangelist, I have to act like them, talk like them, do crusades with 100,000 mm -hmm. people just like them. Yeah, you're not fulfilling <laughs> your call if you haven't had 100,000 yeah, right. uh, crusade. <laughs> You know, but if I get up to preach, I'll preach with the same passion because I want everyone to mm. embrace this truth that I'm bringing to the table. But we can bring truths to the table, but it's all to help people to discover what God has called them to be and to do. And it's going to look different for every person on the planet. So creating or having a personal purpose comparison is really an enemy to that. Yeah. Because if you're always comparing what this person is doing and what this person has accomplished, you're going to be frustrated in your personal purpose. It's just it's knowing... Personal purpose. Yeah, <laughs> personal purpose, right? Yeah. So knowing that, I guess I guess my point in saying all this is don't, don't allow shame... Correct. ...to hinder what God created you to do. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're looking at all these people and what they're doing, and who knows, God might have those type of things in store for you. But if it's now is not the time, don't beat yourself up over it. Just allow, like I said in the very beginning, hear and obey. Yeah. You know, that that's where personal purpose is really released. And that's where we don't want to judge anyone else because we might be judging them based upon our purpose, our passion, and yeah. not the one God put inside right. of them. And when we're parenting or grandparenting. Or judging yourself, judging others, but judging yourself based on what someone else right. says. Yeah. And then as a parent or a grandparent, I don't want to conform my kids or my grandkids into Melody's purpose or passion. I want to look and help them discover what they have. Because I don't want... God doesn't need clones. Yeah. He yeah. wants those that are going to hear and follow and... Walk out, I love the scripture, walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. The fear of the Lord, I don't want to do anything in my heart that hurts his heart. Yeah. You know, that I, I want my life, my passion, my purpose, those that God has called me to reach out to, I want to do that in a way that honors God and his kingdom and be comfortable in that. And I'm, like even in the last few years, I gave up platforms. I gave up some titles and some, some positions, yeah. not because they weren't wonderful, mm -hmm. but I did it to follow my purpose. But see, if I didn't know my purpose, I would have stayed stuck into a title or a position or what I had done for 25 years and stayed there because I felt guilty or I was doing something bad to leave that for something that lit literally led me into a greater expression of what God's called me to do. I know that we don't normally end it this way, but why don't you just pray for those uh, that are listening, um, that there would be grace there to to um, discover their purpose that they have in, in God. Uh, I want to 
read this one quote. It's by an unknown uh, reference, but to wish you were someone else is to waste the person that you are. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person listening. Lord, I just thank you that every strategy that has come against them, whether it came naturally or spiritually, Lord, where it came against them in a way uh, that tried to squelch their, their reason for being, the hurts, the wounds, maybe even the family of origin, uh, maybe the injustices against them, and, and they've looked at their life and they haven't been able to see their value and their worth or that they hold anything uh, that has an ability to contribute to society in a way that builds the kingdom, we just break off all those lies and we declare and decree that this is a season where the Spirit of the Lord is bringing revelation and clarity to the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the anointings that each person carries, that you did choose them in you before the foundations of the world, that, Lord, you are just causing the eyes of their understanding to so clearly hear your voice that they will not follow the voice of a stranger. They will not follow the lies, but they'll hear the truth that comes from the Father's heart, their creator, their designer, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you and praise you, Lord God, that each one in the sound of my voice is going to begin to discover the beauty that they hold, the value that they hold, not so they can walk around and say, look at me, but they can reach out and impact their world for good, that they can contribute to all those around them so that they can parent and lead and love fully and live freely in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.